Stand if you're able, and uh, let's sing praise to our Lord. silences the enemy let praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety let it rise let praise arise we sing your name in the dark and it changes everything we sing with all we are and we claim your victory Giants fall, fear cannot survive when we praise you. The God of breakthroughs on our side, forever lift him high. With all creation cry, God, we praise you. Oh, we praise you. Oh, let faith be the song that. song that calms the storm inside of me. Let it rise. Let praise arise. We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. Fear cannot survive when we praise you. The God of breakthroughs on our side. survive. 
Cause I know that's where you'll be Oh count the joy come every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be Oh count the joy come every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be Oh count the joy come every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be
Lord God, you're so good. I pray that you would give us daily reminders of just how good you are, Lord. Thank you for the ways that you've blessed us. Thank you that you alone are the kings of our hearts, God. That you are our anchors. That you're the song that we sing, God. We love you, Lord. Pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, good morning, Sunrise. Thank you. My name is Byron. I'm one of the partner people here. My wife, Mary, and I, partners, happy to be so at Sunrise. Here's my priestess. One of the great experiences in Michigan, if you've never had a chance to do this, is called the Sunrise Trail. It's up by Rogers City, the shore of Lake Huron, looking out towards Canada and the Georgian Bay. If you're on that trail at dawn and the day is calm and bright, you can watch the sunrise. So cool. Comes up over the horizon. We're on the sunrise trail here. And we don't know quite what's over the horizon, but it's cool. It's fun to watch. It's fun to be there. So I hope that you can be a part of that journey with us along the sunrise trail. If you're new here today, thank you. Thanks for coming. It's a staycation weekend for some of us, <laughs> and that's good. So, but if you are new and you'd like to find out more about Sunrise, we have a couple of ways for you to do that. One is through the QR code. Whoa, magic. Uh, and the QR codes are splashed all over the chairs. And then we have a swag table in the back. So if you're here and new and like some swag, hit that table in the back. Carol or Julie or somebody will help you get your swag. Get your swag on. All right, so Audra Kotman, bless her heart, still running play dates for the kids of Sunrise. Thank you, Audra. And uh, there's one coming up on Tuesday, July 5, at her house, 9 to 12 a.m. If you'd like to get your kids over there and just have a blast, Kotmans have a beautiful yard and lots of stuff to play with. Um, you can reach Audra at audra.kotman, Kotman with a K, at gmail.com. Before I forget, all the kids are staying with us this morning unless your kids really need a break and then you can go <laughs> celebrate with them outside. <laughs> uh, pub theology. Kurt, you going to be there? Uh, we'll see. Anyway, so pub theology, Tuesday night, Hudsonville Grill in Hudsonville. Hope you can come. And, you know, it's kind of meant for men. We'd understand, but, you know, we hope we could see you there. Hey, we have some cool coming attractions. Just a quick list. Bonfire night, worship and prayer night, sunrise beach day, roller skating night. These are all in the summer announcement card out in the lobby. And they're also on our uh, Facebook page and, and website. So, all right. So, now the adults get three minutes to engage with one another. And I'm going to help Mike by saying, when you get up and start moving around... Come to the front. Let's get, you know, we have plenty of room here right in the front. Um, yeah. You're already there. You don't have to move. <laughs> All right, gang. Three minutes. 
I am Mike Dorn, one of the uh, one of the elders on the elder board, and the joke has always been that. And I don't know that I knew Moses personally, but that that you you might have heard those jokes. I'm sitting in the back in the dark, and it's always been kind of a feature to try to wake me up. I think, but actually, they tell me I'm the fourth seasoned vet, uh, uh, elder, so I'm not even the oldest one. So there you go, there you go. God is good. The, the, the songs that were done, it's beautiful. Actually, I'm, I'm sharing a, whole, a bit of a hodgepodge on, on freedom and God's great and just some wonderful scripture that, that just struck me about freedom in Christ. So it's, um, as, as we're singing these praise songs, I just was so blessed. Uh, you know, with, with all creation cry, we praise you. You are good, you're good, you're never going to let me down. All of those songs, they have biblical references. And when you, when you know some of that, it, just, it lifts you kind of into God's presence. One thing you should know, our leader this morning, one of our jobs as Christians, little Christs, is to be available and to be ready. And, and our leader here this morning was not going to be our leader, but um, Jeff, who was going to be here, uh, experienced a, a house fire and needed help this morning. And we, we, from what we know, I don't know much, but, but not physical danger, um, and we certainly hope. So prayers for him, and thanks for uh, the whole team that was here. In fact, I'd just like to pray for us too. Heavenly Father, you're good. You're so good. Never going to let us down. You're, you're perfect. You're the Alpha, the Omega. You've even seated us already in Christ in the heavenly realms, those who are born again by your grace. So we are blessed, blessed. And uh, help us to understand a couple of things about you, your word, freedom, today, and even in a fun way, enjoy some things together. I pray that everybody takes something away that they can use to glorify you and to learn and to do our jobs, which is to get closer to you so that other people can get closer to you. Lord, pray for Jeff, his family. There are people on the road traveling. There are so many needs uh, medically. There's also celebrations. There's families coming together. There's hamburgs and hot dogs. Uh, you're a wonderful God. You've put this plan into motion thousands of years ago. And Lord, there will be a day where Christ splits the sky and every eye will see from the east to the west. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Help all of us, those that we love, and even our enemies to be turned towards you and to join you at the wonderful reunion that you've been planning for us for a couple thousand years. We praise your holy name in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, Mike Dorn, afterwards, I think the one thing I thought I might forget. So there are elders typically that are here. If you've got questions about what's going on, Byron, you did a great job of saying there's, there's a lot going on here and, and stuff. So we can, we can answer questions. We're happy to. If you've got input, um, feedback, that is, that's absolutely welcome. Um, I invited you to the front, some people to the front, and I sprinkled Bibles around. One of the things, so Brenda, my wife, is here uh, 42 years this year. Uh, I grew up outside the church. So I was, we started dating when I was 17 into 18, uh, probably closer to 18. And I had baseball coaches that prayed and stuff like that. And I thought that was really cool. But I really didn't know that much. I started going to 8th Reformed Church. Anybody ever heard of 8th Reformed Church? Where's our seasoned citizens here? There we go, there we go. Okay, yep, 8th Reformed Church. And, and so I went with her and her family and didn't know what to wear at first, but I kind of dressed up and whatever. They had a preacher there that was really more of a uh, uh, 
professor kind of a person. And so he was very literal, very dynamic. He has three points that he, you know, kind of beat up 30 times type of thing. The great thing about listening to him preach was I had plenty of time to read the Bible because he was so boring that I grabbed the Bible. I, I started one time to read the hymnal and I thought, okay, I don't know what that is. So I grabbed the Bible and I started reading the Bible. And, and literally week after week, I was reading the Bible. And I, I would follow his sermon as what he's doing, but I would read before and after what he, was, what he was preaching on to get a context. He was very good at what he did, but truly he was quite interestingly boring. And so I, I got, and what I found is the scripture from first to last is amazing. Our God is an amazing God, and if you, if you, um, there, there's a question, some people wonder, okay, God, will heaven possibly be boring? Could heaven possibly be boring? Because, you know, we're going we're gonna to praise, and we're going to stand up, and we're going to sit down, and we're going we're gonna to sing, and we're going to this and that, and it's all, but I just want you to know, God is the God who invented colors, who invented people, seasons, animals, everything. Joy. He is the most joyful. He is the most perfect. He is the most loving. He is the most giving, the most creative. And so none of that would, will, will be boring. And so I invite you a little bit with me into some things about freedom in Christ, of, of knowing this, this great God that we have in, in maybe some highlight type ways. And then if anything sparks your interest, feel free to feed it back to me because I think that'll be cool. Who was here last week in the park? Who was with us last week in the park? So, three chapters from Matthew 5, 6, 7. If you weren't there, read in their entirety. Took about 18 and a half minutes. I was timing it. 18 and a half minutes to listen straight through to the Bible. Has anybody read those or heard those words straight through in their last year or two or 10 other than that time? There you go. It's a, it's a beautiful way of, of, of seeking and listening. Did anyone who was there, did you pick up any special themes? I was kind of curious afterwards, did you? What, what struck you out of all of that? And we learned that the Lord's Prayer is in there and the, the, the people. Did anyone pick up a special theme? Which, which was it? Blessed. Blessed. Blessed are they? Right. Okay, so the, 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 the Beatitudes part of it. Okay, and then there was things about the kingdom. Anybody else? One more. So Tanner and I were talking afterwards and one of the things, the version that you were reading, different than, than my version, uses the word, cho- whoever chooses the narrow gate versus the broad gate. And I think that's a, that's a, a really good rendering. So choose the narrow gate, the, for broad is the gate that leads to destruction, narrow is the gate that, that leads to life. And, and one of the things that reminded me about my study this week too is, Jesus is the gate, he's also the shepherd, he's also the way, the truth, and the life, and so many things. So choose that gate. And, uh, and, and it'll, be, it'll be the right one. So, guess how long, somebody give me in, in, uh, in round numbers, how long does it take to read the Bible? If you were to stand up and read it like it was read last week, how long does it take to read the Bible? How long? It has been done in that. There, actually, 48 hours is more common. It's about 50 hours, they say, pastorally to read the Bible. Guess how long to read the New Testament? Straight through. Less than half. 18 hours. Takes about 18 hours. The book of John, if you're starting anywhere, so if you're, if you're kind of new or whatever, the book of John is going to take a full hour and it's going to be worth your time. There's a lot of references to the book of John. 
Quick question. The phrase, it is what it is. Is that a good phrase or a bad phrase? Who, who thinks it's a good phrase? It is what it is. Who thinks it's a bad phrase? It is what it is. Kind of depends who you're talking to. It relates in an interesting way. So reality is what it is. God is who God is. In fact, when Moses said, how do I introduce you? Who do I say, told, you know, told me to come? What did God say? I am. And then when I am that I am. So he is who he is. To me, it's kind of a, a funny thing because some people, ah, it is what it is, you know, but it, it can be kind of a, a, a good thing. The other thing I wanted to do before I launch into freedom, we're going to be here till no, I'm going to hustle. So the thinnest thing that you can see in this room, the thinnest thing that you can see in this room realistically, I mean, there's hair thin, there's that, but the projected light that would be on the screen is about the thin, it's micro, whatever, whatever, thin, right? If your life was that thin stream of light, eternity would be how long? If your life was that thin stream, how, how long would eternity be? Forever and ever and ever and ever. The value of what God placed on it. He created us to live forever. That's one of his immutable laws. We're going to live with him or we're going to live not with him forever. In eternity, sometimes you don't think about that because we're busy here. I mean, we've got a lot of stuff going on, stuff to do, groceries and, and all this other stuff. But remember God, remember eternity, remember your soul, remember your family, friends, and enemies. I sell cars for a living. I got a program called the Family Friends and Enemies program. And I tell people, and they, they laugh. I say, I even, we, I said, we sell to family, friends, and enemies. We even love our enemies. And they, some of them get it. And I, I, that, that's, that's something I also wanted to. So it is what it is. God said, I, I am that I am. Freedom from first to last. We all talk about eternity just a little bit. Eternity not boring. Here's a question. Why is, and, and there's, there's a couple good answers at least, why is heaven heaven? I've been told I have a good answer to this. Anybody offer? Why is heaven heaven? That's that is literally the exact phrase because God is there. So why is hell hell? Because God is not there. It's not that it has to be any different than what it is. If God is not there, it, it, there's no light, there's no love, there's no peace, there's no anything. So, you nailed it. A candy bar on the back. First John says God is love. 4.16. And we, we all sing about that. In the beginning, God created us to live eternally. So... Uh, he is love. He is also, there's so many names of, of God. And Noah, you've studied this. How many names roughly for God? It's more than, it's more than hundreds. One of them that I, I, I came, God said, God declares himself jealous at one point. His name is actually jealous. He's alpha, omega, first and last, beginning and the end. God is a consuming fire. It's described in one place. So he's the perfect judge. He does the condemnation. Um, he, does, he does the judgment. He lets us do the love. But uh, in 1 John 4, 16, God is love. In the beginning, he created us. The point about freedom, I wanted to say, is he created us to be free. Adam and Eve were free. They had choices to take. Okay, eat anything but the fruit of that tree. 
We have choices even in our life too. Do this or do that. Choose this or choose that. One of the funny things about, or interesting things about freedom is, the Bible says, if, if you sin, you're a slave to sin. I think that's John 8. And, and the word that's used there is, is you're addicted to sin. So when we sin, we're a slave or we're in that loop. We're kind of in the addicted loop of that until we repent, that type of thing. But in Christ, we have freedom to repent and be saved. So freedom, sin is slavery. Living in Christ, who we serve as our king, is actually freedom. The world, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a, like a perfect paradox. The world doesn't get that. If I follow this, I'm free. If I do what I want to do, in many cases, I am not at all free. And of course, John 3.16 God sent his own son to save us so that we could live with him forever. And I wanted to make a point. We've got some young people here. We all have jobs in the kingdom. One of my jobs is to let my light shine, to, to grow up into the head who is Christ, let my light shine so others are drawn to him. There's a scriptural verse. Jesus said, when I am, when I am lifted up, I will draw all men to me. That was, all, that was a cross reference, and I, a reference to the cross, and I also believe it's just a reference when we lift him up by our love, for one another, other people can be drawn to him. But where's my little guy here? Told me about mom's birthday. What is your job? What's one of your jobs? Do you got any idea? And you can all think about this because I'm going to ask everybody one at a time. <laughs> no, one of the jobs of kids is is to listen to folks and learn as much as they might tell you the truth, but also to have fun. God created you to run around, to play with your friends, to, to have a good time. When we're younger, you know, we're, we're, we're inexperienced, that type of thing. When we're older, we don't have as much energy for the sin that I, you know, commit weekly type of thing. But hopefully, we, we follow God, we listen to Him, and we learn, and then we, we let our light shine because He said... The work of God, and this is actually a reference to John 6, 29. The work of God is to believe in his son. And I, I tried to pick singular things so that we could, we could say what, what the work of God is to believe on his son. So that's, 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 our, that's one of our jobs. And the first in the beginning, we talk about creation. Does anybody know in the book of, the, the book of John, the first in the beginning was the word. And the word was with and the Word was God. That word, the, the, the word word, is actually the Greek or whatever, logos. Logos as in logic, or just it, it is what it is. In the beginning was the, was the logos, or the truth, the way, the logic, the perfection. And the Word was with God, the Word was God. He became flesh, dwelt among us, became our, our perfect example. At Sunrise Ministries... We have a mission, and you've heard it many, many times. It's to transform the world with God's grace and love. It is, it is to love each other enough, like Jesus said at one point, by this all men will know you're my disciples. By, by what? By, by this one thing he said at one point, they'll know that you're my disciples. It's by your love for one another. And then, is that the way it usually goes in denominational Christian churches and stuff like that. You know, it's everybody's fault. It's nobody's fault because we're human. 
And God still loves us in such a special way. Our, I, I have this, if anybody has not referenced this and you'd care to learn a little bit more about Sunrise, our mission statement, we are, we're biblical, we're relational. We, we, so we believe the Bible. We believe that we're here to relate to each other as Christians and, and love. And we have mission outreach to Niger and other places. But we have, a, we have a beautiful document that we actually had to refresh a little bit and we look back through it. And it says what we want to do. Humanly, we're not there yet. But in many ways we are, and we're certainly, and, and um, it was mentioned this morning, we're on that path, we're on the sunrise path. So I invite you, if you care to, you can use that as a resource to see what we're trying to do as you partner with us uh, really together. So here's just a, something that you can do over the course of the week for definition. By this all men you will, it will know you're my disciples, by the love you have one for another. So what is love? That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a sermon series. Love is not giving someone everything that they want type of thing. I want Cheerios 10 times a day. That, that, that's not love. And you know, you know that. We, we know a lot of the differences. But there's a lot of things that go into what is love and what is not love. And I'll tell you, one of the things that I see, I've seen in my life or, or even in the church, if by love we seek what God wants for us, if we look into the Word and we, and we listen to God, what do you mean by love? What do you mean by truth? What do you mean by the way? What do you mean by, by my work, etc., etc.? If I care about Scripture and about God's teaching, great. If I look in there and try to say, well, I think this is love. I think we should do this, or I think campaign that, and I think we should spend this, and I think we should whatever... In, in whatever other realm of life, if I'm trying to impose my agenda on it, it's not right. If I'm trying to find out to seek what is the true agenda, then if somebody has needs, even my enemies, I'm going to do the right thing. And that's, that's one of the things that, uh, that I was reminded of this week. So John 14, 12 through 26, Jesus said, He who loves me will do even greater works than I have. Come on. That's truth, because in, in, in the community of, the, of the, the living church, wonderful things. He had, a, he had a limited time. He chose to stay 30, 30 or so, 33 years, and, uh, and, and now he's ascended he's, he's, to die once, to come back as the reigning victor, and in the meantime, millions of people have been brought to what I call the reunion party. I met someone this week and I, as a Christian, and I said, well, I'll probably never meet you again. But I'll see you at the reunion. And looked over his shoulder and he smiled and he goes like, hey. <laughs> so he who loves me will do even greater works than this. And that is by abiding and learning and loving and relating to him. Um, there's another reference. I, I, hope, I hope I recall it because it was going to be genius. I just, I, I, I'd lost it a minute there. A couple of other things that, that God gives us in Scripture is uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. Anybody know what that was? 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. All Scripture is God-breathed. And it's perfect for correction and, and, and learning. Hebrews 4, 12 says, Scripture is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. And 1 John two twenty seven says an interesting thing. And I learned this, I was still young. I was reading through <laughs> at Eighth Reformed, and it says, 
uh, is it 1 John 2.27? And it says, you, it might have been a reference to young people. It, it basically says, you have no need for anyone to teach you, but as the spirit or the abiding, what, help me out, Noah, as the, there's a, there's a different word. Not inspiration, but something, whatever it is, it's the manifestation of the Holy Spirit teaches us and leads us into all truth. So kids and older kids, it's not about listening necessarily to the messages or following or this or that. It's, it's learning the truth from God and the Holy Spirit as it leads and teaches us how to be good little Christs or Christians and how to be members of this body at sunrise that then we can love other people, love each other well enough to, to make a difference, and then to love other people. And I'd also say, it's, it's not really, we're, we're not here for numbers, we're here to glorify God. And how he chooses to do that with us growing in our own faith and loving people, whether they're here or gone, we want to glorify God. And that was a neat thing about our, our, our recent transition um, we did a lot of prayer, and we, we just said, God, you've put us in this place at this time. What we want to do now and forever is to glorify you by drawing closer to each other in Christian love and then affecting others' lives here or elsewhere for the glory of Christ. And now I'm going to read my scripture passage which kind of ties a little bit together with, with, uh, with freedom. In Galatians 5, chapter 1, which is, Galatians is a letter to the church from Paul about freedom. The, the church was, was, they said, well, we've got to follow these rules. We've got to do this. We've got to be circumcised. We've got to whatever, because people were kind of tricking them into, you're going to follow the pattern, and, and then, you're, then God is going to love you. And Paul said, no, 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 don't let people trick you back into that path, because... He says here, and this is kind of a no-duh type of thing. I I enjoy this verse. Uh, Galatians 5, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. What does that mean? It is for freedom. So in in looking at other related verses, I, I just want to share this. It's for your freedom. It's for your freedom to be his child. It's for your freedom to love other people. It's for your freedom to use your... Are you fast? You run fast, I'll bet you do. And some people can jump high, I can't jump. Some people can sing, some people can write letters and notes. The freedom that God gives us is the freedom to be who we are, not who someone else tells you you should be. It's like, oh, I don't want to get too close to God because he'll make me a missionary to India type of thing. Maybe, maybe not. God wants... In, in, in 2 Peter, there's a, it says, God is willing that every person should be saved. That's another interesting verse. Wait a minute. God's will is that every person should be saved or could be saved, whatever. He wants everyone, everywhere, in every job, in every school, in every assembly, to be saved and to be ministers of his new covenant. So it's not about what somebody else wants you to do or what you, you might fear you might want to do. It's how did he gift you how are you the way you are? And, and how can he use that to 
bring you closer to other Christians and to draw other people to Him because He doesn't want people separated from Him. The mission of Sunrise Ministries is really to be an outpost. We, we, we don't want to be a country club. We want to be a place where people can learn, people can worship, people can love, and, and, and then we can draw other people to salvation in Christ because that's what it's about. Uh, interesting part of a recent book that Carol recommended to me, uh, I, I listened to it um, on vacation, but Jesus did an amazing job of avoiding political things or other things like that. They, say they wanted to draw them into a conversation about taxes. You know, should Christians pay, or should, should we pay taxes or not to Caesar? Show me a coin. Caesar's in school. Well, okay, render to the government what is the government's, render to God what is God's. If we're busy rendering to God what is God's, we will be appropriately distracted by life in, in other ways. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, there is one thing that I really wanted to know in front of you, the church, as he was writing letters to the church. It's Jesus Christ and him crucified. So again, kind of trying to pick on Jesus Christ and him crucified. If you look into that, God is going to touch your heart and you are going to learn some amazing things. And somehow or other, we, Lord willing, would be literally gifted with the ability to love our enemies, to pray for our enemies, to pray and love them into the kingdom of God, which has already started and, uh, and is a neat thing. Um, the thing that I was trying to remember is who knows why, don't, don't give me the answer, but raise your hand. Who knows why it is the year 2022? Does anybody know why it's the, raise your hand if you know why it is called the year 2022. Do you dare, do you dare say it out loud? Excellent. There's speculation that, that there was a year of Christ living when we, when we recalibrated the calendars and the Jewish have, Jewish have their own calendar, Chinese have their own calendar, but they tried to calibrate the calendar to the year. And the, the, the trick is, some people say A.D. after death is what, so it's 2022 A.D. is what we call it. It's actually Anno Domini, which is in the year of our Lord. It's 2022 or 2022 years about since Jesus was born. So Jesus lived to be 33, 30, somewhere in there type of thing. His ministry lasted about three years after he, he grew up for about 30 years. Amazing. And so 10 more years from now will be about 2,000 years since he left. And he said when he was leaving, he said, now... Don't, don't be all upset. If I go, I go to prepare. I'll send the Holy Spirit, first of all. That'll lead you into all truth and, and righteousness. But if I go, I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you can be with me always. Keith Green, anybody ever heard of Keith Green? Wonderful musical ministry. He grew up as a Jewish kid. He was converted to a, to, to a Christian. His mission was to save other people, Jews and non-Jews, and one of his main missions was to save his family. He wanted his mom and dad to be in heaven. I, I literally don't know if that happened or not, but some of his songs. 
But he had, he had an intro to one of his songs that he said, he said, when Jesus said 2,000 years ago, if I go, I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you can be with me always. He said, you know, if God created this world in six days and Jesus has spent 2,000 years perfecting a home for us, this place is like living in a garbage can. <laughs> that, 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 that's his quote. I, I basically want to... Uh, to end with that, I, I want to refer um, a few books. If anybody would like to approach me um, with things that I forgot, which would be very welcome, or, or other things to know, questions, that type of thing, and there's even time for prayer afterwards, bring, bring your family, bring your friends, bring, bring your prayers, that type of thing. As we do this, we're, we're going we're gonna to grow up into Christ, who, who is our head. But the three books I would refer are the Bible, the Bible, and the Bible. And then there's other books that you can learn about the Bible type of a thing. So if you haven't read, if you haven't opened your, your word in a while, then you're kind of normal. Book of John, great way to go. Uh, Romans is, is, a, is, is a book, it, it's basically a law study. If you're kind of a law student on, on learning what our freedom is in Christ, if you read and, and, and work hard to understand Romans, it's, it's like amazing. The letters to the churches, one of the things I decided I wasn't going to get into much, but the seven letters to the churches in the book of Revelation, if you take a little time and you read about that, then you get the closest that we can have today to kind of answering the questions, what would Jesus say to the churches? One of the questions I asked myself was, if Jesus were here for one day, what would he say? type of thing in, in, in sharing. I would just say the, the seven letters to the seven churches, Laodiceans, Laodiceans you're, you're lukewarm. You know, you, you, you have a heart for me, but I just don't, you know, and you know, maybe, maybe you're, you're in or maybe I'm going to spit you out of my mouth uh, type of thing. But those are great, strong letters. We started a little bit with in the beginning. The end of Revelation says about the book of Revelation and about all of history he who testifies to the things in this book says, and this is red letters, so you know Jesus said it. He says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. Pray with me. Holy Father, thank you so much for your truth that is revealed in your word and, and, and in Christ so many years ago. Um, I thank you for truth and for life in Christ and for the way that we can know. And for your other words, in this world we'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer because you have overcome the world. And your peace you give to us and you want us to take up each other's burdens. You want us to be like you so that we can be free here and other people can be free here, regardless of what happens to us, so that ultimately we can rejoice with you and others can rejoice with you as well. Praise your holy name. Thank you for music. Thank you for this holiday weekend. Please, may the families uh, be together and joy. May Jeff's family situation, may, may you work through that and work it out together for good because of his love for you and your promise. And may we be drawn to you and lift you up so others 
can be drawn to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, if you're able, will you uh, stand and join us again in worship? No, no.
So I'm Mike, and it's been a pleasure and an honor. If you're like me, it, a little bit of like statistical or weird stuff. I think weird stuff. So I try to think of a weird question, then I try to like answer it. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of Josh McDowell, but after recommending the Bible a few times, Josh McDowell, boy, there's a good, real great new book. He had Andy Stanley. Um, Divine Conspiracy is a, is a book about the Bible. So a book about the Bible. Josh McDowell, to impress his girlfriend, like I tried to impress Brenda, he was at college, and he said, These Christians are nuts. They're, they're, they're crazy. They believe in this, these, the hocus pocus and this crazy stuff. So he set out to prove that Jesus Christ was a myth. Couldn't have happened, not historical. There's, there's no way it was true. Does anybody know this story at all about Josh McDowell? Okay, a couple. So he set out to prove, like many other people through history, to prove that Jesus was a lie, that it was all a myth. Instead, he proved to himself that Christ is the greatest true story of historical truth. A couple thousand years ago, archaeology, so many wonderful things. He wrote this book. This is the new evidence that demands a verdict. This is, it reads like a phone book. The print is smaller than the print in your Bible. And it's how many Bibles are in existence that were handwritten before, 25,000 plus. What do we know about archaeology and history and Paul's travels and stuff like that? If you'd like to borrow a book and just be amazed at some of the things about God and about the truth, that, that type of thing we have as well. He who testifies to the truth in these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. No fear. Thank you.